Hello everyone, welcome back to the Coaches Road podcast. Today we are joined by Iro Patanen. First of all, I would like to mention that I got to know Iro in 2018 when I came to Viromeki. He was currently a second year student and it was really cool because um, I always had the opportunity to keep staying in touch with Iro because when I, as I said, when I was a first year student, Iro was a second year student. Obviously, you get to know all these people through team building activities, so that was pretty cool. Uh, then, when I was a second year student, Iro actually stayed here in Lahti, so we still saw each other around, and uh, that was also pretty good. And then last year for my work placement, obviously, Derek, you and I, we have been coaching together, and then uh, we were still seeing Iro at the same ring sometimes because they had either practices before us or after us. So. Um, and I, I'm really, really happy that we had the opportunity to talk to Iro to, today and really talk about his journey because um, I think he's a very, very hardworking person and I really admire his uh, work ethic and his learning attitude because he also has been mentioning in the episode for him, it was really, really important that he is finishing his school and now he has the opportunity uh, to, to coach in Turku, uh, which is also a really, really cool spot overall, I think. And um, Iro, actually, he has just graduated recently in spring. So, uh, Iro, in case you are listening, congratulations one more time. Uh, yeah, it was a great episode today with Iro, and it was great to get to know him a little bit more as a, as a coach. And, you know, I've said it the last few times, but now that we're having more and more alumni and students on for these episodes, for these Coaches Road episodes, it's... I think it's a lot more fun to dive into their early coaching career and, and how they're establishing themselves and the, the kind of values and philosophy that they're establishing along the way. And I always I always find that beginning the beginning steps and especially the impact of this program and the formal education we get in coaching and, and how that impacts coaches. So it's really cool to, to see how that influenced Eero and, and how he's, you know, taking opportunities as they come and, and, and now he's moving on with with Turku and and really taking that next step in his career so it's really interesting to to hear about him and, and how that has all developed for him so uh, without further ado we can kick it over to him and we hope everybody enjoys the conversation So now we would like to welcome on Iro Partanen. Iro, first of all, thanks for taking the time and joining us here today. Um, how is everything going in Turku for you right now? Thank you. It's nice to be here. Be here. And then uh, Turku is very sunny at the moment. 20 plus degrees and sun is shining, no clouds. So I'm very happy, happy at the moment. Yeah, well, here's, here's basically the same. Sun is shining, uh, practices are rolling. So that's quite nice. We can practice outside. Um, most likely also quite normal, so that's pretty good overall. But um, could you please give, give a short introduction about yourself? So uh, where did you grow up? What sports were you involved in? What do, what do you do currently right now? Yes, thanks, Rick. Uh, 25 years I've been playing on this planet and then uh, <laughs> I was I was born born in Lohja, which is a small, a small town in the southern part of Finland. I, I grew up there and I was uh, I was living there for 20 years 20 years uh, first 20 years of my for my of my life and then basically I had a very typical background I was playing football football 
and uh, ice hockey there. Football for first, what is, what is five years, five years from six to eleven I played football, and hockey was uh, beside me like from five to until until twenty one I was playing playing and after that coaching and my father was playing playing hockey and that's that's maybe the main reason why I why I joined to play play hockey and. I first started in a club called Lohjan Kisaveikot. It was my club until under 16 phase I was playing there. And then uh, those years there felt like uh, felt like a way that I I I had good good coaches there and I felt like that those eight that age group that we had was maybe one of the top five age groups in whole Loja, which has ever produced. And we had very, very nice, uh, nice team at Smear and we achieved a lot, a lot. But then they then came the typical phase in under 15, that under 15 was still a very good phase. We we were playing in triple A league, which is a very, very, which the, what do I say, biggest league. There is triple A, double A and one A and triple A minus was the, was the league. And, League, league on uh, those phases, and then after that, uh, in under 16 phase, there came the typical phase that most of the players started to go somewhere else to achieve their dreams and feeling more competence. For example, in uh, IHFK, they went to went there and Jokerit, and then the whole whole team separated, mm. and. Uh, from there, under 16, I was still playing in Lohja, and <laughs> there there happened some things that uh, when when all the most most of the guys go out, you really feel that then the club the level level goes down, and you feel like that hey you need something else. So after that under 16 phase, I changed to Krangula IFK, which is located in Kauniainen, and I was playing there from from under 18 to under 20. 20 and there was five years total what I was I was in Kauniainen and I have to say that those those years were very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah so basically like like a lot of our uh, former guests you have a very sporty background and it's very nice that you had the opportunity also to play soccer and that you um, then that you, that you had the opportunity to play in Lohia and that you had a really good environment there and it was pretty competitive I think it, uh, it was a very fun time there. And it's always fun to think back about these times. Also for myself, if I think think about two to three particular seasons, they have been very fun. And it's always always nice to keep these memories with you. But um, overall, um, we we got to know each other in 2018 already. You were a second year student in Viromeki, and I was just a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't have clue about uh, so many things yet. And uh, here, how how is everything going overall? But um, my my point is that you started the coaching also actually pretty quickly after um, you stopped the playing overall. So first of all, why did you make this decision to start coaching so quickly after you stopped playing? Uh, like I said, uh, when I was playing still and I had that under 16 year when I felt like that there was there was minus sides more than plus sides to play when the, because the most of the guys left in under 15 phase to somewhere else and uh, it just felt like that was the first 
set for me that hey that there is uh, more negative things that I wouldn't do things like this. This mm. this is like the thing that I would think differently than the coach. And uh, I wasn't easy easy guy to coach <laughs> when I got the idea that hey I have to do I want to do these things like this way and why we do like that way. And when you are in that phase, you really start to think that hey how is how is our five man unit working on the ice and why we are doing like this and why there is too much space on those space it, it you you start to think the game more mm. and i felt like that that was the first set that hey that i really enjoy to discover and research about the structure of the game how the five man unit is working on the ice and i had a very nice cha- uh, chance in kaunia and Krankula ef that i was playing i went there after that that year and there was a coach uh, a coach who really helped me and really gave me the his ideas that hey why we are doing things like that and he really taught me on the way when i was playing that why we are doing this and it started to like I started to really think about the game, and uh, that was like the, maybe the set to the fire. That after the game, when I realized that maybe I don't have the chance to play in SM SM, like the highest league in Finland, I was always like the second league guy, not not the best best one, but good in my role, doing some doing some. Uh, Big hits and everything, <laughs> doing that nasty, nasty role. But I, I discovered that maybe I don't have the chance to play in SM. And on the way, it started to think right decision to think about going to the Vierumäki. And then I saw the actually the poster that they are uh, recruiting, recruiting people to their school. And uh, that, that that was like the idea that hey, I want to go there. That sport has in has been in my life and i'm very fascinated about the structures of the game game and it it was the main 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 for me that i why i wanted to start coaching very quickly so once you started in the program you started coaching at the same time and so i'm wondering how that how that process was for you when you started you you started your formal education and coaching at the same time that you had your first coaching job. What was that? What was that process like? How did that help, um, or was it, or did it help, or was it kind of more kind of? Um, I, I I'm not sure how to describe it, but like for me, it was kind of like it, it gave me a bunch of ideas, and then since I wasn't coaching, I I didn't have anywhere to put those ideas. So can you describe? that first year there diving into not only just coaching, but also being formally, edu- formally educated in coaching during the day. Uh, I have to say that actually the things went that when I was accepted to the school, Herkko Koski was, was a head of coaching in Lahti, Lahti by that time. And he contacted me during the summer that, Hey, that do you want to be a coach that we have spots open and I, I was I was ready to go immediately, but I was just thinking about the spot that what is right for me at the moment. And for me, the clear clear thing was that I want to be an assistant coach for the time when I am I am in the school because my idea has always been that I want to take everything out from the school when I have been, and then I have the assistant coach role that I still get a lot of lot of work to do. 
but still the main focus in, is on the school and I think those both coaching and the school they work together that when I when we were talking about for example athlete centered coaching or the structures of the game it's really easy to take them to the reality to the to the rink hey these things what we what we have been learning how we take them into the, in in there and it's i think it was very beneficial because i first went it was under 14 14 phase and i was assistant coach there there and those kids they really like that hey they they give give me the chance to try something new try something and that was very beneficial for me that I was two years as an assistant coach and I had a chance to try t- new things and try to figure it out. What is the my what is my road as a coach? What I want to follow? What are the most important parts for me as a coach and what I can bring to the future future with me? So I think that was very beneficial that I started coaching right away when I when I started school also. Yeah, and I think also overall this, that aspect of being an assistant coach, I think there are so many things to take away if you're an assistant coach um, and what you can implement later in your own coaching as well. Now, we have been discussing this also very often in depth and we had uh, people on our show who has been very, very long time on their pathway an assistant coach. And um, I think overall it's a very valuable role because it's not like that uh, you push pucks um, all over the ice only nowadays 100% actually you really need to take uh, responsibility you also need to be all the time involved with the players you need to be involved in the process and uh, you also need to ta- you need you need to take care of uh, their development so it's not just that that you are there at the rink and uh, you just make coffee and uh, you push pucks around overall um, but then afterwards um, when when you got in your in your work placement, uh, you you did you, you did you did it also in in Lahti, uh, for under in, in under fifteen age group as well. So then then you with the experience of being two years of a head coach, how was that? How was that experience like being a? I mean sorry, the first two years with that experience being an assistant coach, and now then you moved to the head coach in Lahti as an under fifteen head coach. How was that experience like, and what did you take away from the previous two years? Uh, yeah, just for clarify for the listeners that I was total now four years. When I started 2017, I was I was four years in Lahti and yes, two years first I was an assistant coach and two years from after that I was a head coach. Head coach, yeah, under 14, under 15, under 16 phases. And then, uh, yes, for the question, uh, I felt like the two years first, I really had a chance to chance to try new things and be really when you do a follow-up you usually plan some 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 uh, goals for yourself goals for the players then you execute them and then you evaluate them how 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 the how the goals are going and how your for example season schedule and your plan is and you really quickly start to realize that what is not working and what is working and we had a lot of lot of stuff stuff in two years first two years there were good times but then we had a lot of stuff for example physical side we had uh, things that didn't develop maybe so quickly 
as possible and then i had a dis- uh, i had a chance to discover that why 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 the things are not going as quickly and find the uh, answer answer behind that and for example also in the structures that hey that we did some things okay some things are working very well some things are not working very very well and then we start to think about that hey <clears throat> what is what is the reasons behind it why 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 this thing is not working and i got so much experiences in first two years that was helping me when i started my first head coach position that things what are working and things which are not working which i need to focus more to get the whole package as as competitive as possible and that was like the that was the start for me start for me and i i like it i liked a lot lot those two years because they really showed the route where i was where i was going and i very quickly started to when you are when you are coach and you are starting starting as a coach you really think and you measure your own stuff also via victories that hey how many how many wins you get during the season but i'm very glad that it has changed a lot from the first two years that hey winning is not not everything winning is a product behind the good work that hey we if if we have a good good i i told my players usually that i we have a marathon here we don't do sprints we have a marathon that we have a good process going with the players we do good things long time we usually get the results when we need it and that's like the thing what has changed a lot from the first two years until this phase where i'm now yeah yeah i want to dive into a little bit more on and to how you coach and i want to start by asking you know what what do you see your job as a coach being like what is the the role of of a coach for you uh like i said first when i started it maybe felt like an idea that hey i'm a rookie rookie coach that can i win something and that was the, that was the first how we started but like i said previously that it changed i'm very glad that it changed to the way that the process is everything and our job as a coach is, is to create an environment where the development is possible and the way the most how you get the players involved to the their own development the better and usually what you build up very quickly usually falls down very quickly also that's very good good thought that you can build some things very quickly and you you can also destroy it very quickly but what you build up very slowly usually falls down very slowly so i think the process that if we really want to help players to develop towards their own maximal potential the daily daily work and the actions behind there really shows that which how we how we are going to achieve the goals what we have and the one single game and the whole season result even doesn't doesn't define our actions and practicing but i think if the process is very good as a long term only the result also comes when it's 
when it's needed needed also and yeah well so basically i think what what we are discussing here right now is overall and you mentioned it also right there is that um that that environment where actually the players they have the opportunity to develop and i think one of the things you get the first time confronted with if you start your studies in Viromeki is that um athlete centered coaching and uh, i think it has been very good for you that you had the opportunity to try it out right away with your first year coaching um as an assistant coach and then now now the road you have been on from two years assistant coach and now this is your third year as a head coach position and 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 like you said i really like how you describe it that overall it's 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 a, it's a marathon and that i think it's very important that we remind the players all the time and um if you if you build uh, if you if what you build quickly falls very quickly as well i think these are very very good phrases um to use with the players overall and um speaking speaking specifically about the environment um you mentioned already that you want to develop an environment uh, that you want to uh, establish environment where every player has the opportunity to develop but overall that what what kind of environment do you want to create for your players and also for your coaching staff uh of course i think i think the coach in young phrases at least i think the coach has to have a clear vision about the way where they are leading the ship and basically coaching is for me it's building certain operating rules where players can always lean on when it's coming to the structure rules how the team acts how stuff and the players work every day what are our habits what are our values that's that's the basic basic environment where we are try what we are trying to create and also like our job our job is to grow players to work in a team and cooperate in a team and like i said the best potential what we want we want to have it out and if we think about what kind of environment and what kind of things i value it's it comes comes basically basically from the self-determination theory and the three basic psychological needs but you have that if we have an environment where player feels autonomy that hey they are active in their own coaching process and they really know what they need to do what parts there are on the way to certain goals what they really need to think is it technical tactical life skills uh game those things are the from at least in our environment are the biggest things what they really need to understand and then how how the player knows himself you really have to think about how you can develop themselves self evaluation that why how they feel themselves in the team and how they feel feel where they are at the moment that's that's very important and also like i said that usually when you have some sort of player and you are thinking about the aims what you want to achieve with them it's mostly about the planning executing and evaluation that's that's like the whole season how we are planning it and it's usually we have different aims and we have different time schedule like for example we have this year we have eight weeks approximately for certain aims what we really want to achieve well i think overall that 
one of the well there are so many good takeaways from the two years in Viromeki, but the periodization is, is very very powerful because you don't just run to a practice and you do something and i think it it really gives you the opportunity as you have been highlighting now several times that you you have the long-term plan then you execute it uh and then you reflect on it all the time and i think the periodization in that sense is so so crucial and so important and inside that environment you describe these values and these rules which are very very important to you and um, this is also something which is very important to us and we highlight this also on our show several times but uh, since you have now you have gained some experience in coaching overall that um, have you been have you been in a situation where you had the feeling that uh, values and rules they that they did that the players that they did not live up these so much and if so how did how did you act uh of course it's the values are 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 the biggest thing i think the culture from in my philosophy the culture is the biggest biggest thing what we really want to value and there always there are players for example we have i have now worked in under 16 under 15 under 14 there are always those players who really want to try and test the values and test the codes that hey how you are working in different different like different things that hey if we are losing some losing some games how your act how your acts and how are you working this there has been has always been those things but then if we decide some values for example we have in our team we have certain values what the players have decided and we always we all have to be in inside of those working and then there is like for example the boys were talking about respect that hey we have to have res- respect to, uh, to to each other we have to show the care that we care this community where we are working and everybody can be whatever they want and then responsibility it's it's players responsibility it's our responsibility to take care of himself on and off the ice you have to be ready mentally and physically every day when you come to the rink that's the responsibility for them and also those small details in practices and offices you really have to know what you are doing and that's also players responsibility and of course, there are players that hey, they are testing it out. And then when we are not doing those values, for example, then we are, as coaches, we are in a, in a phase that, hey, do we give feedback? Like I said, when I first started, maybe the feedback would have been that I would be very hard on them and giving them feedback as, as a way that how my coaches have gave me feedback. But I think it's more about the goes that hey it's a reminder for the guys that we have set the values you have set the value that you are responsible player you have the respect you have a you are a hard-working person but you have have talked and decided that's if if you are not doing these things this is not the way that how you have how you have planned that what kind of identity we have and then it's very easy always lean on those values what you have that how how your acts are and how you have to work because you the players have been involved on the process of thinking about the values that hey 
you have decided this, then you have to work and be inside of those values. And then there's no need that you go out, out, out from there. So when you, when you created the, the values in your, in your current team, uh, and you mentioned a couple of them, respect and responsibility and things like that, how, how close to those, how close are those to your, your own personal values? And, and if you would share your personal values as well, and is that important for you to have the, the team values that the players create, um, match your, your own personal values? Of course, I have to, I have to, I have to always be, be on the values with the players and the play, the values, what we have. Yes. I, I have always lean on, on the hard work. I, I, I really value hard work, hardworking persons, hardworking players. And I was always like, if I think about my own playing career, how I work, I think never ever has been things that my parents has had to force me to go somewhere or forced to do uh, some individual trainings by myself. I don't think, think that, but I think the hard work has always been behind behind my actions and responsibility. I really try to be, of course, there are situations that when you are maybe not so responsible, but it is for me that how I prepare myself when I go to coaching, it's my responsibility to prepare practices and prepare that I am ready to teach the players when they come to the ring that they have done their own responsibilities, for example, uh, having to take taking care of themselves mentally and physically, and when they come to the practice, it's my responsibility to produce the practice as well as I can, and taking care of the key points on the practices that what we want to learn, what we need to focus on, and also it's my responsibility to teach my assistant coaches also that hey, what we want to achieve and work together with the assistant coaches that these are the things where we lean on. And so I <laughs> coming to the question, I, I really think that those values what we have in our team, we have the responsibility, hard work and uh, respect. Those are the things which are also close to me and they are close to the team also. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so going into into those a little bit how how was that process when you because you, you just moved from the the pelicans now you're at, you're at tps so how was that process moving um moving clubs and getting into your new group what was that first couple uh couple practices like what was your process of of getting to know the players and establishing yourself and then also establishing those those core values within the team and everything like that yeah, when I first first started, we had a, we had a couple, we had actually meetings before before the practices started, and it was a good good tool. That it's usually about the first impression. That how you go, I think it's the most important. How you go in front of the new team first time, what kind of characteristic you have when you go there, and I think that in the first meetings, I really tried to have a contact with them straight away that hey that my name is this and this and we have 
I, I, I'm coming from here. And then we had a meeting that, hey, who are you and where are you coming and what is your what is your uh, background background and those values we really first started to discuss about them all already that hey what kind of things you guys value what you want from this season and what is what is our target where we are going and we really started the questions or straight away but the real values what we decided it came after like two weeks we had those group 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 discussions and group works together that hey what kind of team we are what what we are evaluating what we value in our daily basis and it came from there and i think the first two weeks in when you go to the new team the players are not they are very shy they they you Mm. really try to go in into their lives and really search the info that what is the what is the background and really get to know each other and it's it's the working environment it's they are really trying to show when you go as a new person to the new team they really want to show the new coach that hey what kind of player i am and how i'm training and now i have been over one month i have been with uh with this team and now i can really see the natures and the characteristics of the players and it's really now actually now i'm in the moment that i really see it see it because uh, when we get to know each other much better all the time we really are starting to see the players natures that how they are actually working how they are uh, doing their off ice practices how they are doing uh, their only own things at their own time, how they are doing the, we'd like to talk about the free things that, hey, how you eat, how you sleep. I really start to see see and evaluate also those that we have group, group tasks, how we are doing those. And you really start to see that how, how the players are and how the nature, nature is. So, And the values come from there also that, hey, we have these certain values. I like to make this test test for the guys this is like my my philosophy always been that we have one day about the values we have practice we build a practice that we have certain certain uh, practice that we really go out from the comfort zone that we go and test those values what they really mean we take those values in the real life and don't get me wrong the values are in every practices they are in every games they are in every actions what we do but the first one day what we really do is we really go and show them what are the values and we really go and test them out to get the player the feeling that what they really are they are not just my talk and the other coaches talk that we do this and they do that but we really show them what the values mean in daily daily lives and of course my actions are very very important on that that i have to always be also be be and working inside those values what we have and it's very risky also in this when we are thinking about values where i first started it was it maybe was that we do values and then we then we we do values when we start new season and then we maybe somewhere somewhere during the season we we discuss about the values and then we think about new values after the season that you don't you don't 
poor soittos values during the season and that has changed a lot in my coaching that hey this this cannot happen like this way that hey, we have to we have to be in those values every day every every day when we are going to the practice every day when we have games every day we are having a spare time at home we always have to take care of ourselves and the values what we have they really show the identity what our team represents well first of all i need to say i really like the process you went through now with the new team that first you get to know the players a little bit you you present yourself and i think what you what you said as well there that the first impression that matters so much um because the players they they're evaluating you right away and then afterward you have been establishing these values and i also after two weeks and i also find find really good that you like that you want to remind them constantly about them and that you have to display these values all the time not only at the ring but also when you're at home uh because i think um if you overall if you don't if you don't display these values at home you don't you don't carry with them to the rink uh so i think go, it, it goes both way and and also you mentioned there that you that you sometimes that you test these values and i think also that this is a this is an important way to really see actually it's nice that they're written down on the paper but do we actually live these values up yeah Of course, also in the values that, hey, when we decide values, it always so also shows, shows the, our game identity, what we have. Yeah. These values, what we have, if, if, for example, we have respect, we have hard work, we have responsibility. But what they really are, what they really are in the game shows the identity that, hey, we have to take also those values in the our game, that what what kind of identity we have for example those values if we have a cooperation for example or we have responsibility mm. we really have to so we have to be like a team which plays offense as a five-man unit and defense as a five-man unit and what does it really mean that we have for example cooperation that hey non-pack carriers they have to be in the game and yeah. those values what we have we decide the values from there from the from the values also comes the game identity what kind of game we have and how how we really really play play in the game and for example in cooperation like i mentioned we have to work play offense as a five man unit defense as a five man unit we have to activate the non-pack carriers in the game and also also like taking thinking about the responsibility that we have to If we play offense, we lose the position, and then we are playing defense. That what? How quickly you change the role from offense to defense? How quickly you are? Are you playing in the game position? Are you playing in the shift? If you play 45 seconds, are you playing in the game position whole whole shift? Those are the things. What are the responsibility? Also, I think it's if the coach. Doesn't that if the coach lets players do things risky stuff on the ice, for example, playing on the blue lines, or as an example, playing on the blue lines and losing the puck, I think it's it's not good coaching if you let the players do that kind of risky stuff. Also, that hey, you have the responsibility that you have to win the blue lines. That's a game of hockey. You have to win the blue lines. You have to if you go 
from uh, you play offense, you play as quickly as you can from the own zone to the um, attacking zone. You cannot, and you cannot go to the net from straight attack. You really have to start to play offense, offensive or offensive game. When you are playing it, are you playing it on the blue line? No. Are you going with the puck to the zone, deep in the zone, and start the game from there? Yes. That's the responsibility also that, hey, how we act, what kind of acts we have. If we cannot go straight from straight attack to the net, then we start the zone play. What is the responsibility on that? If we lose the position, then we start the defense. What is the, that's the response, the player's responsibility, how he works, how he acts. And also the, the biggest and the nicest thing is that, hey, how you work as a five-man unit there, how the five-man guys are playing as the same rhythm to the offense, how they play back to the defense, how, what are the distances between them. That's, that's, those are the things what fascinates me and how the values has to see us on the, on the ice. Well, you all, thanks, thanks for that short debrief. I think everyone who has been listening now um, got a quickly review of what it's like to study the tactical and tactical components in Diromeki here in just uh, three minutes. So <laughs> thanks for doing yeah. that. I think that was, that was really, really good. Um, but I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to follow up now on something because you mentioned that blue line example. And I totally understand that um, the players, they need to take the responsibility and that they need to think about, about the game overall. But... What, what, what about the creativity in that sense? Do you still want to encourage them that they have the opportunity to be creative at the blue line? I, I personally believe that, hey, my, in my philosophy, if you really want to produce, for example, if we go for further years here, we go to under 16, under 18, under 20 level, and then we go to legal level, the best players go to the legal level. I think it's not good coaching if you let players do that kind of stuff on the blue line that there is always the risk go hard back and then usually they got some sort of sore-handed situation after those i think it's the creative creativity comes from the decisions that the game is about the decision making that you have the technical decision and then you have the tactical decision for example if you if you are doing a breakout in your own zone. You get the puck to the boards. You have two against one situation towards D, who is actually coming towards you. Are you making a situation that you have time to play to the middle line and go from there? Or are you playing the puck from the boards and putting the guy from the middle line to work and get the puck from the boards? That's like that's like those are the situations what you really have to do a lot, and then it includes always the technical decision, passing, and then the decision, the tactical decision. Are you playing it to the middle line and the middle line to the other board, or are you continuing, or are you playing it from the boards to the uh, guy from middle line who has to skate above the above the puck carrier, and then always then the guy who is the third forward. Does he come from the boards to middle line and create another two against one? And basically, pursuing the non-puck carrier always above the puck carrier. Those are like the tactical things. And like I come into the question, the creativity for me, for myself, what I believe is coming from the decision making that we give players one, two, three decisions what he 
can produce on the on the on the on the game and always those situations that in offensive zone for example offenses so it's much more free because we can we have certain rules there but then there is a lot of creativity room for creativity for players individual creativity that how are you driving to the net are you making a deep driving to the net how the non-packer supports the puck carry and making two against one situations those are the things what where it comes to creativity in my opinion so this this relates um really well to i think a, a question i got from your um assistant coach last year ruben um and and i think I, i'm wondering too because it's kind of curious like where do you see um kind of the balance between players pushing that edge and, and kind of trying to or maybe making the kind of behavioral uh mistakes almost where do you see that between kind of pushing players pushing that limit there and, and trying new things and then also kind of falling into that um that frame of how you want to play if that question makes sense uh you mean like in a way that the player is making making mistakes by by just because he doesn't it's not in the, in the game you mean well like um not quite so like if you take that blue line example right like yeah. how how many times like what is the process there if like the player um you know tries uh, try something and loses the puck on the blue line like what what is what is that process there for that player like is it is it something that kind of like right away you're you're kind of like hey that's you know we have a responsibility there or is it something that like hey what were you trying there or i don't know if that's like a question that makes sense or anything like that but uh, yeah if we talk about the responsibility and it's it's our value that hey we have to be responsible we have to get the puck play it from the for the non puck carrier above above you i i feel like that if we are if we have some sort of thing what we really want to pursue it as a unit on the ice that we don't want to lose the box on the blue lines i think it's quite clear that we have to ask for the guys also always also always that hey really what you wanted to achieve that is this the thing what we really have agreed on that we are doing this or what what other what were you trying trying at, at that certain situation and of course it's not like uh, it's always reminding reminders those are those are young players that it's reminders for them also that hey that how we have agreed on how we are acting how how what are the values how they will show on the ice it's not about me being red faced when they come to the come to the pens and uh, come to the pens and then I'm giving my opinion and feedback straight away no i think it's more about asking the player right questions and then uh questioning the values that what we have are we have we agreed to do those things that we 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 lose lose the puck and we try some some stuff on the blue line no that we always lean on we have to lean on that we have those values what we are lean on and then we have to stay on those and that's the, our identity how we are working so i think i i believe in that yeah yeah and and so i'm kind of curious now to 
to where where do you think you know you've worked with now um 14 and under 15 and under and, and 16 and under yeah where or where do you think this kind of st- team structure and and the the idea of um you know these responsibilities in the way that we play how early do you think that that should be kind of brought into a team um and and how does that how does that process look like for you is that something that because I, I think i've heard it like both ways where it's like you know it should be a little bit more um kind of strict as the players are younger and then moving up or is it kind of like a little bit more a little bit less strict and then more strict as the players get or not strict maybe might be the right word but um as the players move into older and older age group uh i i think it also comes from the from the long-term athlete development also because in under 15 usually in finnish space we go go to the i mean finnish hockey hockey development model we go into phase where th- comes the top top performance level how would i say right right for for that that we really start to go to the top level or then we are just starting to have the hockey as a hobby the players go separate ways mm. and this this under 15 until until under 20 phase is the is the phase where the structures and uh, those are starting and uh, how you play kind of winning hockey it comes to the picture and i think it's the players has to that they have readiness you know for example if you are working under 16 phase and they are going to under 18 phase next year they really have to have certain rules and then they have have to have certain habits how they are working on the ice that there is so spinning winning habits also coming coming to the picture of course they are kids they are coming coming from for example under 14 phase it's more about the game situation roles and going going through those through through those to the players but in under 15 phase starts the structures of the game comes to picture and then from that it's just going building building the five man unit how they are working in the ice how they're working together on the ice and how they are def- playing defense on the ice together it's it it comes to the picture and it starts an under 15 phase starts in my opinion, the phase pursuing to the under 20 and legal level. So basically, now you mentioned these um, habits, and I'm 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 really big on these, and I, I try to emphasize certain habits more and more in my coaching, which I want to see in my players for this season. I think I have written down five, but maybe this is even too um, too much because um, still overall you still need to be very picky with these habits um overall but um for for your coaching that and for your philosophy that what are what are the habits uh, a player needs to display to be able to compete at a competitive stage at some point the basic habits they they also come come from the rules of the game that hey how how you are what are what are the rules in the game how how you play lay inside of them and also the habits what we have to have we have to teach the game as a continuum and the habits in the player has to be in their in their mind always that hey when you are playing offense you lose the puck 
then you're playing defense. What is the how you how quickly you change the role from offense to defense? That's 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 maybe the biggest habit. That how eager you are stealing steal the puck again back to your own team and how fast you can do it. Of course, the habits are also that how many we are asking so so big things from the players that one thing is always if you have if we have to play defense that how well you block the shots for example we are asking very big things from the guys that if you if i ask you ask you that hey you go you have to go in front of the puck you have to be that the puck doesn't go on the on the on the goal you have to go in front of the puck you have to block the shot it's a big thing ask ask get big black rubber and make go in front of it it's one of the kind of habits what you have to have then you have a change the rhythm change you have to have a clear a clear like a path that we are playing 45 seconds for example in the game position all the time and then we change another unit to the ice that we can keep the rhythm pretty good and we have active five-man unit on the ice always that's that those are like three three big habits already coming coming to the mind 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 of my myself yeah yeah and and, and i think you know it, it's it's pretty interesting how like how do you get how do you instill those habits into your players like what like when you see a player is is maybe um lacking on one of those habits or isn't quite there yet or anything like that how do you help that player to develop those habits of course there are many things many 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 like uh, how how i open the players channels how i really how i know my players that how they learn the best way somebody can learn they can visualize they can we can show some things somebody learns in the practices that it just comes i believe that there is those drills what i'm building that there is always the continuing phase that hey when we play offense then we play defense that getting some sort of idea that we have a the game is playing offense defense maybe offense and then you change that we have the changing the speed of the changing the role is always quite fast of course the videos are also very important that hey when we are playing offense when we play and then we play defense how how we really do it how we show the single player that does he make a big big turn to the corner and then he starts to play defense or how how he plays does he play start and stop stop like it should be never know but those are the, like the habits but the channels what we really need to focus on that where the player learns the best and i think it comes from the drills that hey you play offense then you play defense then again offense then you change then demanding those that the demanding yeah, level one exactly. player players i have to set big demanded level to the players that hey in the practices we have for example coming to the habits that we have we use only one puck in one drill and all, or we count the scores in the practices there are habits and demanding level that always you start drills at full speed and you stay on that those are the levels that we have to set the one single players 
demand level as high as we can that and we have to remind them also on those habits what we have and i i think especially the point you make that you design the practices where you actually uh, match the continuum of the game is is, yeah. is very very crucial and especially these uh these these one pack drills or one pack activities are so essential because in this way i i think that players they actually learn that there are consequences in the game if you do yeah. a b is happening uh if you do this this thing is happening and i i am also i'm also i'm also a big believer over on that you need to like emphasize these habits all the time because even even if you coach the kids on the competitive level uh, overall it doesn't matter which which level you coach the kids they they have so many other things still going on at that age they go to school they go through the puberty then maybe parental situation is not as good as home as it as it should be overall there are so so many other things and i i think that's why it's it's first of all it's important that we keep it simple and secondly that we emphasize the habits all the time continuously and that we that we actually like um that that as you said as well that that we demand the habits and that we remind the players about them all the time that these are the habits we want to display always in our game but um overall Iro, i think this was a this was a very interesting conversation and uh thanks for sharing so many information and uh but before we wrap this up we do have a question uh we ask everyone we had we have on the show for these episodes at the end of the episode so now if you could speak with a young Iro Patanen, um who would just start coaching right now or over even before that uh, what what would you share with him uh what i would share for myself <laughs> uh Collect as much information as you can when you are at school. Collect as much information as you can and talk a lot of people about their visions, about the game, about the, about the whole package of game of hockey, what is required, what they see as required aspects of the game. Be open-minded. That's, that's the thing. And then always when you are... Uh, when you are in the eye on the on the rinks, have the conversation with the different coaches, share the ideas. Those are the best ways to learn when you have those coaches, you are having conversations and sharing ideas. Those are the best ways. And like don't believe on that that you have to win. Win is product. Win comes when you make the process as long-term as possible. The it wins come. Don't forget that if you build something very quickly, it usually falls down very quickly. Or build, build long-term process, it usually comes down always also very short, very, very long time. Those are maybe the key factors from for my younger younger self, younger self. How how I see how I see the nowadays me. And I would like to have the question in five years from now. That's what I would say for this twenty-five year old as a thirty-year-old. Well, you can come on. You can come on again in five years, and then we will ask you. <laughs> yeah, I think this podcast is very well. So I think that's you will have it in five years also so i I hope that you will i will still have a chance to be a visitor in this (laughs) for my side 100 (laughs) percent. yeah 
All right. Well, Eero, thanks a lot for, for joining us today. And, and thanks for sharing a little bit about yourself and your coaching. It was a, it was a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more. So uh, we wish you all the best for the upcoming season and, and, and moving forward with TPS. Thanks for you guys also. All right. So thanks again to Eero for joining us today and, and talking a little bit about his coaching career so far and how he's kind of established his values and, and his philosophy and, and everything like that. It was a great chance to get to know him a little bit better and, and we wish him all the best with his uh, new position at TPS Torku. So uh, where I want to start with the reflection today, Rick, is, you know, we, we asked him what the role of a coach is for him. And, and, you know, he said that that had shifted early on from, you know, should I be winning or can I win something to more creating an environment for development to happen. And I think, you know, that's something we hear a lot on our show is, you know, the winning will come uh, if if you develop your players, if you develop your team and everything like that. And, and of course, like, it, it's true, you know, the, the winning will come with development, but I really like the way Eero put it. You know, if you, if you build something up quickly, it falls quickly. But if you build something up slowly and, you know, kind of... Um, patiently then it'll fall slower and i think that that's a good analogy for for athletes you know you can build up a team quickly you can teach them systems right away at, you know u13 u14 whatever and you know they're gonna beat the teams they're playing on the weekend because the teams they're playing on the weekend you know they don't have a plan necessarily right so you can build that up quickly but then it's going to fall quickly when the when the other teams catch up developmentally and and start to be able to compete with them so I, I think, you know, that, that shift from can I win something to how do I develop my players in order to win something, it reminds me a lot of uh, Tobias Johansson's view on it. You know, it's, it's not that he doesn't want to win still, it's just how can I develop my players in order to win uh, over the long-term process. And I, I really like that part of today's conversation. Yeah, I also think that this is a very, very powerful analogy. And I think uh, something I would like to add here is that what Bob, Bob Mancini has been mentioning, I think also that reflects on his comment that overall it's just a, just a marriage between development and winning. And I think this is, this is very important to keep in mind at the same time you want to develop your players and then the winning comes by itself because um, the marriage is so close. So I think this is a very, very powerful analogy. And uh, I would like to start basically something Iro has been mentioning earlier that because Iro also started coaching very young and we asked him why did he make this decision overall and um, first of all he said that there have been certain things uh, when he was a player coaches did not things um, how he would like to do them basically or how he would like to have them as a player and also another for reason for him was that he said that he started to think the game very very early um, as a player already he, he was always very interested about that what I actually supposed to do in the game when when certain things happen and I think this is um, this also has been showing during our conversation because towards the end we had actually really uh, deep discussion about um, his vision overall and how he wants to play hockey and you can really see from there how much Iro actually has been thinking the game already and um, how how far he's already thinking about the game and um, it's I think it's he's on a very very good path with this how he's thinking the game overall. 
Yeah, I think it's always interesting to to meet a young coach that has, you know, they have a, a clear vision of, of the game of hockey. You know, they put some time into it. They can really understand how they want to play and everything like that. And it's, it's always really interesting to me and how they transfer that to their players. You know, how do they transfer that to their team? And I think, you know, Eero had a, a good uh, good example of how he does that when we were talking to him about when does that, you know, when do we actually start to teach them systems and team play and everything like that? And, you know, he mentioned the the break here in Finland of uh, typically when you go from U14 to U15, hockey gets a little, little bit more serious and you start to focus more on the on the team play and the tactics and stuff like that a little bit more. And, you know, I I tend to find that, that that's a good age as well because I think, you know, that's when, that's when the players can, you know, start to, I think, think a little bit more as a team, if that makes sense how I'm trying to say that. But Anyway, I, I really like how Eero transfers that, you know, and before that stage, it's more teaching them the principles, you know, roll one, two, three, four, the, the invasion game principles. And then as they step up into more serious and serious hockey, they start to get more and more of his actual vision on how they want to play. And of course, you know, there's still principles within that earlier on. But, you know, it, it, I just I really enjoyed how he approached that. And I think it, it, it goes to the environment that he wants to create with his team as well. It, it, you know, it, the way that he wants to play hockey, he mentioned it, it's based off of the values that he has and also the values that the team has. And I, and I think that that's a really powerful way to look at it because, you know, it, it helps the players kind of connect with how they want to play hockey, you know. And, and, and I, I think, you know, when... When the players stray from that, when you know maybe they're not doing something up to the the team um, vision of how they're going to play, then you know Eero can just simply remind them like, hey, we want to play cooperative hockey, you know, like, and we want to play together and everything like that. And you can remind the players how they want to play hockey based off of the values that they have as a team. And I think that's a, a really powerful way to approach it for the for the young players especially. Yeah, and I think also that reflects on the other point he actually made that overall that. From the values we actually establish in our team, um, from there comes our game identity, responsibility. Example: When when we have value as a, as a res that we have as a team, our values responsibility basically means that you are able to take actions that that help your development on and off the ice, and also that you take own initiatives, and at the same time that this plays on the ice as well. I, I've, we had a we had a good discussion about that blue line example, for example. Uh, what Iro has been mentioning that if you have the puck at the blue line, it's still your responsibility to make a decision, um, and you need to make this decision by yourself. And really, that you display those values off the ice 100%. And Iro has been also emphasizing that if you don't display these values at home, most likely you won't display them at the rink. But at the same time, you need to dis display these values on the ice as well. Uh, when when you play the game, uh, when when you are when you are there with with your team together, and you have been mentioning also that cooperation example, I think this is also this is this is very important to finish hockey cooperation game, and that there is cooperation inside the team overall in the club and with everyone. So I think this is also a very very important message. And something else I would like to bring up is because towards the end our discussion went so much deep into hockey, basically that. Um, and we also, at the very end, we spoke a little bit about the habits. And uh, I really liked Iro's perspective of it because he basically has been explaining that um, the habits 
they come actually from the rules of the game. And I think this is a very interesting perspective. So for example, uh, one, one habit which is really, really important for me is um, stick pressure. And uh, the reason why this is so important to me because obviously before you are able to attack, this goes back into transition, you need to find ways, you need to have tools actually how to get the puck back because at the end of the day, hockey is an invasion game and it's a possession-based game. So it's really important to apply stick pressure, but not just in some way. Uh, you really need to learn and you need to teach how to apply stick pressure. Where where do you position your stick in which situation and all these kind all these little details. Details. It's really important because maybe you want to give the stick pressure, but at the same time uh, you you lose the body balance. So that's that's very important to learn how to apply stick pressure. I think also. Yeah, and and I think you know it just goes back to the balance that Euro has figured out between you know the influence of values into the how we play hockey but then also the influence of how we play hockey into kind of our our life and what that says and everything like that and then the habits that form and everything so you know the the it's they're not separate kind of things you know they're they're influencing each other and and i I really like that aspect of heroes coaching and it reminds me this part of the conversation reminded me a lot of a conversation we have coming up in in a few weeks with jesse welling but it it was really interesting to hear that. And I think for me, the the final point from today's conversation is just when we asked him to, to talk to a young Eero as we do at the end of all these episodes, I, I really liked the point that he made to talk to as many people as possible. And I think this is something, Rick, you and I are, are learning a lot right now through the podcast. But, you know, as a young coach, the ability to have mentors or have and, and not even mentors, but just have discussions with more experienced coaches, other non as experienced coaches, other, you know, athletes or um, anyone really around the game or around coaching or just in general, it, it gives you so many fresh ideas. And, and you have to, of course, you have to be open to hearing those ideas, open to trying those ideas when you like them or taking pieces of them and whatever. But, you know, if you if you just if you just absorb knowledge from, you know, books and everything like that, of course, that's good. But then, you know, the discussions that you have with people about that knowledge, about their experiences, using that knowledge or whatever, that's where you can really start to get really good ideas and really start to improve, I think, your coaching as a young coach. And I think that that is a really important piece that I think a lot of people can take away. Is, and, and that's what we've learned, too, is like no one in the coaching world is going to say no to a good conversation. You know, it, everyone wants to have those conversations. So, I think it's really important to, as a young coach, to be able to realize that you can reach out to people and say, like, "Hey, I just want to discuss this with you and, and learn and everything like that," because most people will say, "Yeah, let's do it." And at the same time, I think also we need to highlight again that there are so many benefits from these conversations. So first of all, I think something very, very strong is that you will improve your communication skills a lot if you have a lot of discussions, and especially yeah. if it's a foreign language. So I think, and the reason why I want to highlight this. Again, because as Emi Rukonen has been mentioning us on our show that communication brings everything together. And um, basically, if you are if you are coaching a team, um, well, still a huge, huge part is communication and providing information and having interactions with people, with the players and people at the rink. So I think that's why this is a very, very beneficial benefit with having discussions with a lot of other people overall. So, and um, the other point Iro made in his final 
message was that as a, especially as a coach or if he could speak to a young Europatanen is that uh, he would try to collect as many information as he can. And I think that actually also reflects on the mindset that people or the instructors try to develop here in Viromeki is that overall that principle of curiosity that you all the time look for information. And again, this goes, goes also back with having discussions because if you have, have discussions with people around the game, around coaching, you will get new information and really collect this information as much as possible and really try to apply them in your coaching and then see what works and what does not work. I think this is this is so crucial, collecting information and being curious. And my final point is that from the conversation today is that um, Iro has been mentioning several times um, a loop in the conversation and the loop I'm referring to is that um, first you need to plan, then you need to execute and then you need to reflect on it. And I think this is this is this is one of the most important things you have to do in coaching all the time. Because yeah, you do the plan. I personally like to do plans not on a daily basis. I like to do them before and then reflect on them. Then you need to execute, but at the same time you need to be able when you execute to adapt all the time and afterward you really need to reflect on them to actually improve your plans. And I think also, this is a huge reason why we do, do these reflections after the main conversation so that we basically are unsure that what we have been taking away because first we plan the ex uh, conversation, then we execute with the dialogue and now we reflect on it to make sure that, hey, what have, what have we been actually learning today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good example, right? And I, I think that's so, that's so crucial because you know, we, we always get told in, in school that you know, planning the practice is half of it and then executing is half of it. But then we also, in school, we also reflect for sometimes an hour and a half after an ice hockey practice in class. And, and I, I think, you know, it, it goes to show just how powerful breaking down a session afterwards with the coaches, you know, even if it's just for 10 minutes when you're getting your skates off, like, hey, you know, what did we think of this drill today or that drill today or this experience today or anything like that? And yeah, I think that's a really powerful step to add to your process for sure. And, you know, I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up today with for today's conversation with Iro Parton. And again, thank you to him for, for taking the time and joining us. Um, we had a, a lot of fun and learned a lot from you. So thank you. Uh, and uh, don't forget to connect with the show on social media at The Coaches Road. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And also check out our website, thecoachesroad.com. Uh, where you can send us some feedback and check out all of our episodes and a little bit about us. So, again, thanks for listening, and we will see everybody on Monday. Bye.